Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast. Fit is an acronym representing founders, innovators, and trailblazers who are looking to live a life wholly, fully, authentically, and truly fit. A space for us to connect on the raw, real stories of mind, body, and soul alignment of entrepreneurs and kingdom leaders. I'm your host, Tamara Andress, and this podcast isn't like the cookie cutter interview experience. I've been coined the entrepreneurial rabbi, and so we do go there, unscripted. No matter how far, wide, deep, or high the there is, my desire is to see people rise from the inside out into their greatest calling by sharing their truest stories, talents, and tips. As a purpose activator and brand builder, I believe our successes and failures are derived from who and whose we are, not what we do. But strategy and vision are equally as important to the mission. So let's cut to the chase together and get fit in faith. You guys are in the house with the one and only Tim Story. Brother, thank you so much for being here. What an intro. My goodness. Isn't it great? Do you feel I, super like just loved and honored, I hope? <laughs> I feel loved, honored, and I was almost close to dancing. I know. Every time. I never want the song to end. I'm like in the in the green room dancing. If you no, guys could only see it. I see a lot of intros. That intro is so good. So congratulations to you and your intro person. Uh, yes. Morgan is the designer of all things. She's a guru. She's amazing. And she'll make you more at the Grow for God conference when you're speaking in a few months. We're so excited to have you. I'm excited about that. So uh, on the Grow for God side, so you, yeah. your first one went so well. And this next one that I'm doing is in what month? It's in November in Nashville. So we've got a little bit of time. We're gearing up. We're bringing it to a different city and uh, we're making way for, for God to just do what he does best. You know, I think that's one of my favorite things about it is we can create all the plans. We can even have the vision and yet he's going to come tenfold through 10 times, 10 times, seven times, 77 times. Right. That's what he did the last one in Kentucky. And so just an honor. Yeah. So tell me, Tim, you have had a life. You've lived a life. You've spoken into generations. You've been such a, just a treasure to so many. I was le- reading like Robert Downey Jr., like literally helping him have a comeback, right? You've helped Oprah. You've been in rooms that I'm sure a lot of people would love to be in. And yet you're here on this podcast right now. And I'm honored, first off. And secondly, just having read The Miracle Mentality multiple times and listened to it at this point, um, I've really just seen how you've actually been operating in the spirit for so long. And I I just, I want to emulate that, not imitate it because I want to have it in my own flair, but I want to yeah. do that. I want to hear how that, how that came to life. No, number one, thank you. So to me, to me, it's, it was all about like when I was a kid, they took us to church and um, like, Tamara, I believe the stories. So like when I was five years of age and they told me about Noah, he built the ark. Abram was old, had an old wife, dead a kid. I actually believed it. <laughs> and so it was, it was interesting that the message took, the message of faith took. And so I was one of those ones that you don't find it too often that I never like ran from the message. The message was so cool, it just took. So I wasn't the kid that said, when I'm 18, I'm out of church. I was like hooked. And uh, 
but I wanted to be like a cool Christian, which is what I became. So <laughs> I wasn't like an overly religious guy. I was like just really Jesified. I got really into Christ. Southern California, we had it made because there's a movement called Calvary Chapel that was started by Chuck Smith. And that went to over 10,000 people at just one church. And out of his church, he discipled uh, so many amazing guys that all have churches of seven, eight, nine, ten thousand 10,000 people. So I was around a, an area where there was a lot of Jesus talk and uh, like Jesus really changed my life. And that's, that's, that's where I flow from. It's incredible. And I think that's what a lot of people might get wrong, right? And not wrong per se, because testimonies and God uses all things for good, but like they, they can't tap into that Jesus, Jesus, Jesusification, Jesus, yeah. whatever, you know, they can't yeah. tap in to just that spirit led piece. And, and I'm curious when you, I'm sure you've studied so many different pastors and been a part of so many movements. Um, one that really touched home for me in the last several years has been with Francis Chan. And so what is your perspective on like that home church understanding, knowing that you were actually founded in a church with your family? Yeah, I think Francis Chan is phenomenal, uh, great leader, great mind. So, you know, when I went to, to seminary, to a Christian university, uh, I never knew that, that, that God would give me such a big platform. I just went there to learn about the things of God so I could go help the underdog because I'm primarily an, uh, a humanitarian. Um, but as I begin to see all these different streams of the way things are done in the church, some of them I took to and a lot of them I did not. But I was never vocal about what did not fit my appetite. I just did things in what I call the Jesus style. And I found that that worked wherever I took it. So whether I from the Hollywood Bible study that I started in 1992 at the house of a legend and begin to touch the biggest names in Hollywood, like the older people, and then begin to help, you know, some of the younger people. And then this, to this day, now I, I life coach over 300 entertainers, but that was not anything that I ordered from life's menu. I believe it was an assignment from God. That is incredible. Ordering from life's menu. How many times do people see something and they're like, that's for me, right? And it's actually not God's will or intention at all. And they end up going on this path and they can't get off of it. Or yet they seem like they're in such momentum or a rat wheel that they don't have the ability to. And I think right. when I think through the miracle mentality, like that could be the messy, that could be the mundane, that could be all everything except for the miracle. How have you seen some of the people that you've coached or just people in general who have done this and how do you help them get off into the miracle mentality mindset? Yeah. First of all, thanks for going through the book so many times and um, being a friend to me and the book, which is doing quite well. But I think that, you know, life is actually more simple than we make it. I think the outside things that we face on a daily basis is what complicates what God has put inside of us. So when you go down to Ephesians 2.10, and it says, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do, wow, to do, that's an action word, good works. So what does God call Tamra to do? Good works. What does God call Tim Story to do? Good works. So you being a family woman, you being a good wife, 
you being a good spokesperson for God, those are all part of the good works. So me serving people in all these countries as a humanitarian who is spirit-filled, that's good works. All the other stuff is pressure that's usually not coming from anything that has to do with God. It is the God of this world telling us that we're not measuring up or look at them. You should be doing bigger things than them. But those are things that I learned to silence at a very early age. That's really powerful. And I think when I think through all the generations that you've affected, it's almost more so for a message for the youth that's ha- like right now on the rise where there are so many inputs. There's so much coming at them on a consistent basis of comparison and media and influence. How can we get that generation to like kind of not necessarily turn it off? Because I think that there are some powers of ability of good. Talk about good works to be that yeah. light in those dark spaces. But how can you get them to be in their identity as that, that creation by God himself? That's a great question. And I think that, you know, like if if somebody has like a four-year-old and they somehow, the four-year-old picks up scissors, if you try to pry the scissors out of their hands, they're going to think, okay, this is valuable and I don't want to let it go. And they're going to go like this. But if you come with something that they like better and you go like this, they'll hand you the scissors. So that's always been my approach. So with famous rappers or the biggest stars in the in the world, I think a lot of Christian people would have messed up what I did not mess up with these people because they they will, are trying to take away their scissors. This is, wrong. So good. this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. I present something better and they go like this, swap. That's amazing. So And this is something I've always wondered because I feel like when you think through Hollywood and what is perceived as Hollywood, and yet you've had some of the biggest names essentially in a space with you at their feet and not to your feet, obviously, but at the altar, I should say. How have you presented God in such a way that is such an invitation to people and doesn't feel like it has that religious sector or those rules and regulations that's like a slap on the hand all the time, but instead that exchange? I mean, I think it's cool, like when I was on NBC Today show and with Hoda and Jenna Bush and Hoda's like, oh, my God, I watch your sermons. OK, or I just did the ABC uh, Good Morning America. Guys, it's only five million people at one time. And the respect that I get from those guys or when I'm on Entertainment Tonight or Access Hollywood or even TMZ and Harvey Levin calls me himself. Uh, come on. Yeah. That, 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 so you got to pay attention to why that's happening. And I think, again, when you look at the people that Jesus chose, the 12, there were people that were going through what I call recovery and discovery at the same time. There were people that were working through their stuff, but at the same time, choosing life. And that's one reason I, I really connect to your message is because when you are talking in any space that you're on, you're always talking about your recovery of things that God brought you through in your past, bringing you through currently, but also the new things that God's taking you into. So my message of recovery and discovery relates to everybody. So I never put anybody down. 
I'm never trying to yank away scissors. I'm just showing them the great exchange, which is Isaiah 61. Give me your ashes. I'll give you some beauty. So amazing. And honestly, that's what so many people want because what feels like turmoil or chaos or going back to your book too, it can feel so overwhelming and people just want to sit. They just want to be, they just want to take a breath. And I feel like that's like, that is the great exchange because God literally gives us breath of life. And it's that newness, that fulfilling, that understanding of purpose. And yet it feels so hard when we try and do it in the ways of the world. Like here's the cookie cutter way to success. And then at the same time, what is success anyway? Yeah, so when people think- talk to you about success, like you have success. What does that mean to you? And how do you help those people who have seemingly had it all exchange what is all for something more? Yeah, I think that the if you were to have like a Christian track, they would like say, okay, you've had all this success, but yet you are empty. To be honest with you, a lot of them are not. I promise you. I've been on their yachts. I've been on their horses. I've been in their $44 million homes. And a lot of them are not empty. I promise you they're not. But what they don't have is life in life more abundantly. They have not been introduced to true life. They have found a flow on this pilgrimage called Earth but they have never been given the opportunity to understand real life. But to think that they're all empty, you're wrong. They're not all running around on empty. Some of them are happy. Some of them are smarter than some Christians I know, but what they're missing is life and life eternal. It's very powerful stuff. Even the apostle Paul realized that in his epistles, it's like, You guys have a lot, but I'm going to preach something that's a little bit like the upside down kingdom. I'm going to talk to you about Christ and Christ crucified, but it's going to bring you real life. It's going to bring you eternal life. So I think that that is the secret of Tim Story's message on why we've had the Hollywood Bible study since 1992, have over 7,000 people on my list who are part of the Hollywood Bible study is because... I would just talk about rejection, fear, chaos, and give them answers that come from the Bible on how to deal with those things. And then I begin to see a lot of these people saying, man, no one's ever told me about like Christianity this way. It was always like they were telling me that I was not good or uh, I'm missing something. But Tim, this is really starting to make sense. This is a different way of looking at life. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when I have come into my faith and my actual understanding of like, what is life and life to the full? Cause I was a quote unquote Christian. I would have called myself a believer my whole life. I would go in and out of churches and things like that, but never sold out to the understanding that I am yeah. now where like, he's got it all, he's got it all. He is all, all things above, you know? And, and it was because I had this encounter, this encounter of wow, I am in the pit of hell seemingly in my life. And yet from the outside looking in, the American dream had been succeeded at that point. And I was just completely void. And so understanding that like I was experiencing happiness to the world and yet no joy inside. And it seems like these people might be experiencing happiness and wealth and all these other pieces. And so what are they laying down in their exchange? 
Yes. So I, number one, I, I love how far you've come in God and you're walking worthy of your calling Ephesians 4, one. So I, I don't think that there's an answer that one size fits all. Sure. But, but let's look at like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Maria. Yeah. So I've talked to Arnold many times. Maria uh, has helped uh, charismatic Christians in Hollywood, Beverly Hills in a huge way. Uh, she comes from Catholicism, but yet still connects to the charismatic church. And when you when you see what Maria is talking about with faith, it seems like uh, certain people came around her that had influence. And I think this idea of proper influence is a key for someone to view, wow, this person has a real joy about them, or this p- person has a real peace about them. I think one of my VIP cards is I walk in peace. Like I really walk in peace. And I find that a lot of very powerful people notice that. And even if they don't tell me immediately, they'll tell me later. Like one guy said to me that is very well known. He says, you are like somebody, you seem so calm. It's as though you have like really soft music just playing in your in your head all the time. <laughs> I, I said, that. pretty much. <laughs> Elevator music. You're like walking on glide. It's so yeah, good. And I want to, I want to shift to that because I think, you know, people are interested in the, like the famous people and like what's happening in Hollywood. But like, I really want to like get into the heart of Tim. Like, I really want to know, I know a little bit of your backstory from your book and, and the cultivation and just that devout faith of even like laying hands on people. Yeah. What is your like quiet time with the Lord? What does that prayer closet look like? What are you exchanging with God on a consistent basis? How does he speak to you? I think the awesome thing is how if you if you stand for Christ, how he will continue to stand for you because he, he always has stood for you, but he'll continue. And what I mean by that is that I do not back down in who I am for God. For instance, I was very touched by signs and wonders when I was eight years of age. There was a man from Sri Lanka who was a missionary that came to my Assemblies of God church that had like 1,200 people in it. That was a mega church back at that time. And this man from Sri Lanka was moving in the gifts of the spirit. I saw people get healed. And my pastor, Pastor Prinzing, who's now retired, I says, I came out of the aisle and I stood there and I was just watching this guy flow because my calling was calling me. So then when I was 17, a friend of mine who was much older, who was on the uh, USA Olympic volleyball team, a man, he was like six foot four and just brutal as a volleyball player. The guy was amazing and won all these beach volleyball tournaments a tall guy, blonde hair. He started really discipling me and he gave me a lot of books about signs and wonders and healing and miracles. And he says, I think you're going to be used this way. And because you understand the gifts of the spirit, there was a man by the name of Dick Mills who was very prophetic. And I was at a big conference and he, I was 17. He goes, you. And I, I, I go like this. He goes, you. I go, he goes, yeah. He says, you are going to be a minister You're going to be used in signs and wonders in a very powerful way, but you're also going to touch entertainers. Now, this guy gave me a prophetic word of something I never saw coming. Mm. 
I didn't know I was going to be a minister because sometimes, as you know, prophecy is confirmation. Yeah, this 100%. Was not, this was not confirmation. This was yeah, you're like left field. What? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to USC, buddy. <laughs> no, that would be the entertainment world. So he says, you're going to be a minister. You're going to be used mightily in signs and wonders. And you're going to help entertainers. Well, everything he said began to unfold just like that. Now, it didn't happen where I started to be friends with the entertainers just like that. But all of a sudden, man, I had this desire to like, you know, be a man of God, live out being a man of God, and then decided to not go to USC where I wanted to go, USC Trojans, Los Angeles, and decided to then go to a Christian university slash seminary, and the rest is is history. But I don't back down. I still pray for the sick. I did it uh, two weekends ago at a mega church. I did it before that in another big church. I will continue to flow, even though I'm on Good Morning America, the Today Show, TMZ, et cetera. Yeah. It's so amazing. And I feel like there's such a need and, and in my spirit and my desire and time with God, I'm constantly like looking for the next move, next move of like, God, show me where I'm supposed to walk. Give me that opportunity. Let me have the hands to be able to heal. And, and he promises that he says that we're going to do far greater things than he did here on earth that he did like Jesus himself. And so knowing that we have access to that, I yearn for it. I yearn for the prophetic. I yearn for it. to an extent that I also research it and look at people and watch and and yeah. try to understand what it is that they're what they're doing in their spirit when that happens and how God is so prevalent. And so I'm curious when you think about all the different mantles of society, politics, education, religion, family, and all the different dynamics that most appear in the negative, saying that they're crumbling. Do you see a revival in in the view and the vantage point in which you're looking at in those areas? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And I think to get back to you uh, desiring earnestly the gifts, that's scriptural. And that the closer you get to God, there's more of a thirst and desire for what's important to him. And the gifts, as you know, are to minister to people. So I'm excited about the desire that you have. But in my opinion, you're already moving in the prophetic and you are already seeing things that are around the corner. And to your conferences, you're already drawing mega pillars from these different sides from anywhere from real estate giants to financial giants to spiritual giants. That's because of the call that's on your life. That's not because of just your conference. That's because of the call upon your life because there's been like 80 people trying to be Tim Story and start a Hollywood Bible study. But <laughs> it, it just didn't work. It worked yeah. to a certain degree for maybe three of them, but there's been like 80 that have tried to come in and do things a certain way, but that wasn't quite their calling. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. Yes. Okay. So as far as like the church is concerned, as you know, he says, for I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So that's just fact. Secondly, he's coming back for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. So right now, it looks like we're a church with injuries. It looks True. like our starting five in the basketball team, four of them are injured. Yes. Like, where were we during the pandemic? Yeah. Why, why were we some of the people who stormed the Capitol? <laughs> 
Because I know some yeah. people that are Christians that did do that. Okay. So the world is like, okay, you Christian people, you're kind of acting funny here. So maybe we look like a mega team, but four of us are injured. Don't worry. There's some good ones coming off the bench. And the ones that are injured, hopefully we'll have a comeback. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And I'm rooting for them, right? Like I'm ready to see everyone like take the, take the court, if you will, by storm. How how powerful was that when you really think about it? Because the world was saying, okay, you guys, your faith guys, help us with COVID. You guys got some answers here. Okay. Help us with the pandemic. Help us with, with the lockdown. You notice that on most news platforms, you know, outside of T.D. Jakes a few times and a few times Joel Osteen, a few times me or some other people, you hardly saw anybody that was faith-based. So, Tamara, those days are changing. Watch and watch how beautiful it is going to be for your family to turn a TV and go, oh, my God, there she is. Yeah. <laughs> so good. And, you know, I think for when I think about like the component of um, a fame associated to doing God's work, like it does, it doesn't draw me in because I feel like there's a component of, yeah. of struggle in that place, at least on how it's presented. And yet I know that like when your spirit is surrendered, like God can put you in any platform and it doesn't matter what it looks like. And his authority stands there, his light shines above you. And so I think about stepping forth in the calling, right? And and I've been, you know, seeing visions of the things that God has in store for me. And yet at the same time, like the diligence is in the day right? The diligence is in what does God have for me today? And what will come is, I don't know, but what I want other people to understand, one, no overnight success, whatever that means, right? It's not that, but it's more so what happens in the quiet place. And so instead of my being quiet about the quiet place, though, I know that there is importance to keeping quiet about your prayer life and things like that, I want to just vocalize it so people understand. And when they're asking me, Tamara, can I follow you around from the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep? And I'm like, first off, that's a little weird. And second off, sure, I'll put a GoPro on my head and you can see what I do. But I, I guess my thought pattern towards you is understanding that like we can have that sense of peace. We can be on a massive stage or we can just be at coffee with a friend and we don't change. Like having that steadfast spirit is such a desire. And yet I feel myself go into situations and have that gift of discernment to say, this feels a little muddy, but I feel like I'm meant to be here. How do you navigate those places? Well, good. I like what you're saying, first of all, but I'm going to make this very simple to people. Like for me, I have taken out of the equation that I ever wanted to be famous. So the fact that I am well-known, I never sought human beings. <laughs> That's <laughs> not anything. That was off the table from the beginning, but that is because of my, my upbringing that I got really into Mark 1045. For Jesus came not to be served, but to serve and give himself a ransom for many. So whether I'm speaking to a crowd that people think is so big or doing just a little talk with helping somebody like a guy that I know he died and the guy's brother could not believe that I called him today. I called the brother 
of my friend. The guy couldn't believe that Tim Story called him. Why wouldn't I? He's a human being. I called him to say, hey, do you need anything? Your brother just died. So it's constantly uh, happens to me, constantly happens to me that people DM me on Instagram and it, only to the men. So these guys will call uh, Instagram and they'll say, Tim Story, I'm in a bad place. Here's my phone number. I know you won't call. Just, just because I feel like it. Boom. <laughs> yes. Alex, it's Tim Story. Yeah, sure it is. No, <laughs> you gave me your number. I'm, you DM me. It's me. That's ask amazing. My, ask my guy Joseph all the time. I love that. Why? Because they're human beings. So I think personally, watch this. So powerful. Isaiah 46, verse 9. For God knows the end from the beginning, and he knows what is yet to come. Yet to come means yet to unfold. Yet to unfold. It's a famous message called just around the corner. God knows Mm -hmm. just around the corner. Then he says, hey, what I say I will do. If I summons a bird of prey, I could summons a person, a man or woman, to fulfill my purpose. So, I don't think that we need to try so hard. I think we are summonsed. Tamara, you've been summonsed. You're summonsed, so just do what he called you to do. I'm just doing what he calls me to do. I called the guy's brother today. That's what I'm called to do. Now I'm appreciating being on your platforms. That's what I'm called to do. I'm the only one besides Grant and Elena that spoke four out of five times at 10x. I don't create these doors myself. I got summonsed. So I go where I'm summonsed. It's so good. And it feels so much more in tune and alignment with that idea of flow. And, you know, we hear all these like words associated to energy and manifestation and like living a life that's like woo woo. But I really think that when we think through biblical nature and God's desire to like live, like you said, almost in that like super like walking on water. Like that's not hard. It's miraculous, but it's not hard. And so thinking through like taking away the burden of what the secular world and society is expecting of us and instead live under the easy yoke of the father, it gives us, gives me so much encouragement to continue to exude light for other people. And yeah. light is easy. Like it's, it's not hard for me to like be joyful. Right. And yeah. yet people are like, is that a show? But ask my family, ask my kids. Right. And so I just, I honor so much about how you show up in the world and you do so in just clarity. And yet you're not, you don't allow anybody to shape that except for God. And you're just li- literally feeling that God sized gap in every room and every conversation with just a sense of, authority that I think a lot of people discredit like calm and peace people as like unable or not having authority. And yet you have so much of it. It's so beautiful to watch. No, thank you. And I think you would agree with this. So is Hosea four, six for my people are destroyed for their lack of knowledge. The word destroyed in the Hebrew actually means they begin to unravel. And so because of the lack of knowledge of God, we have tried to to build towers to get to heaven. And so that's what you see through forms of meditation, uh, forms of flow, forms of talk of manifestation. To me, it's a lot of silliness, but I don't really blame you guys because you didn't really get like 
all the information you forgot to take yeah. the, the first class. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I it's so like one of my friends and he was like, yeah, I'm not into God. I just get into my own meditation. <laughs> I'm like, uh, but you, you know, how's that working for you? So, and no put down because I just feel like it's a lack of understanding about how awesome is it that you could have God super on your natural and make your life supernatural. So I'm in the studio with this famous rapper and I'm a lot, I'm around a lot of famous rappers. So no one's going to know who this one is. So <laughs> I walk in, I walk in and they forgot what time I was supposed to walk in. Cause they always usually used to stop smoking weed. So I come in at the time they told me to come. It's like a famous rapper and the place is just lit. Like, it's like, I'm, you know, I don't smoke weed, but some people say it's a contact high. So I walked in and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And so I remember the famous rapper looked at his guys and he saw me and he goes, whoa, guys, Tim's here. What are you guys up to? <laughs> it was so funny. So everybody. <laughs> he pointed out, at everyone. Put out their blunt, as they call them. So like about five days later, I went back to the studio and so this guy was sort of apologizing. I go, I go, you don't need to apologize. This is what you do. I go, but, but give me a reason why you do it. He goes, I'm trying to step into creativity. Some people just do it to relax or to pass time. I go, but let's just have some fun with this. How cool would it be if there was a God that you could shift your satellite dish to him and you can download amazing creative thoughts? Well, that's what became this guy's life. Wow. And, you know, I think that there's that's the thing that everyone yearns for. And they're looking to live in this existentialist ability. And yet it's possible. And in your natural flesh, right, because of that supernatural connectivity and his presence is all around us. His presence is here in the midst of this conversation. And so it's just it's interesting to see the charted territories that like you've been in that I I want to exist in those places when it comes to the marketplace and business and how people so often think that like people with money are greedy or people with money can't be Christian or that the church shouldn't have money and the pastor shouldn't drive whatever car they want to drive. And I want so badly to break that mentality and to understand if you go to the word, it's a prosperous life. It's an abundant life that we are promised. And it's the fruits of the spirit associated to that component of wealth. And so talk to me through like, having nice clothes or having money and how has that been negated from people of religious spirits to say that you aren't in your faith or not Christian? Yeah. I think that if I could just look at your life for a second, I think that your testimony of things that you've been through and how you needed to download the, the mega dose of Christ. And so did I. So me coming from my own challenges, which is poverty, uh, father dying at 10, the minor dose would not have worked for you or me. So I needed to download the mega dose. So that mega dose made both of us really have to really dive into the scripture, really dive into worship. So I've studied the Bible today already, two hours. So why would Tim's story 
that runs all these companies, that helps all these people. Why do I have a devotional time that's never less than an hour out of seven days a week? I never have a devotional life that's less than an hour. It's usually two hours every single day. Why? Are you working on a sermon or you're about to speak to 80,000 people? No. <laughs> I like living in this. Yeah. This is a state of being. Okay. So I think out of that state of being, uh, Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24, thus saith the Lord, let not the rich man glory that he's rich or the mighty man that he's mighty, but let him that glory, glory in this, that he understands and knows me. Tamara, I just want to know him. And out of knowing him, it makes me want to be a giver. Out of knowing him, it makes me want to serve. Out of knowing him, if I fail, I want to get back up. It all comes out of relationships. So clothing or where somebody lives or doesn't live, out of the correct relationship comes the correct response. My God. I'm allowed to say that. No, because I'm I'm bougie. I had a house (laughs) in bathrooms and an elevator in Beverly Hills. So I had another house in Beverly Hills that was amazing too. And I'm a bougie guy and I get paid to speak a whole car. A whole car they pay me. They don't give me the car. They give me the equivalent of what it costs for a car. Oh my gosh. But from my church, which we started a church six years ago, I take no salary. Uh, would never take a salary. Our ministry, which has always been mega, took minimum zero, like like this. My money was made in business. I'm a I am a business person and a pretty good one. And so if I choose to buy something, that's like on me. And so, but again, I think God changes your motives and your want to's when you get to know him better. Yeah, so incredible. Tim. You are a treasure. You have impacted me personally, which I'm going to impact billions because of the thousands that I touch. And so just to know out of the many, I'm just one and I'm just grateful. I'm humbled. I'm honored. And it's just how God comes through you and your language in that time with him. That's like makes me want to fall on my face just in the conversation right now, just to be with him just to be with him, not you. And I think that's, people don't know, like we, we pray right before we jump on here and we're like, we want this microphone to be a vessel for his sound, for his word. And you, you've just, you magnified my so here, here's experience the deal. with you. With all that I got going on. So Joseph from our team says, Tim, Tamara's conference is coming up again. They want you to come. I never have said, what's the date? It could be in Alaska for all I knew. <laughs> I said, let's do it. Tamma, we turned down almost everything. I've been to 75 countries speaking around the world to crazy amounts of humans at one time. 85,000 is the peak, but many, many times, 40, 50, 60, 70, 40, 50, 60,000 people. It didn't matter if you were having it in BAM or Boom or BAM. <laughs> You're just such a good person. I was, I'm there. If I have to get on a moped. <laughs> I'll make sure you're not on a moped. A Vespa. To get there. A Vespa. 
so amazing. Yeah. God is so good. You're He's good. so good. You're and good. he couldn't have positioned me before you had he not intended for there to be a connection. And that's honestly, again, just gratitude for saying yes, saying yes, not just for you to say yes to the conference, but my saying yes to Breakfast of Champions, which is Glenn saying yes to Breakfast of Champions, to Glenn's, right? I mean, it all is connected. And yeah. that's where like the plan and the story unfolding and what's around the bin, what's around so the thank corner, you, right? Glenn Lundy for creating right. Breakfast of Champions and giving so many people an amazing platform for us to share our message because Tamara, that's how we met each other. I know. It's so good. I'm so grateful. It's been such a gift getting to know you. I can't wait to hug your neck in person in a few months and just uh, continue to spread the good news, brother. I'll do the same in your stead regardless. Thank you. What a privilege to be on. And you guys keep following her. She's doing good stuff. Love you. Thanks for being here. The most powerful thing you can do to unlock your greatness and step into your next level of abundance is to get in the room with others who have been where you want to be and perhaps are going where you want to go. But oftentimes we can put ourselves in the wrong room based on exterior vantage points, what they wear, where they go, what they do. When we know in our heart of hearts that we should be following people, standing along people who are aligned in true wealth. Stop feeling alone in the journey of growth as a business leader and an entrepreneur who loves God. Stop struggling to find the right answer when it's already been written. Stop giving up on the desires of your heart when God placed them there with intention. Stop standing in this lack mentality when your prosperity is critical for all of us in the kingdom. Come, find a seat at the table at the most impactful faith-driven business conference you will ever experience. Alongside ministry-driven marketplace leaders, you will evolve, unlock, and activate your next level. That just sounded like a video game. This is not the meta, okay? This is your IRL, your in-real-life chance to be in the room with some of the greatest kingdom entrepreneurs of our time. Founders, innovators, trailblazers who are God-centered are coming together to grow their business for God's sake. And that's an inside-out job. You will leave this three-day intensive with action plans, new income strategies, fresh mentalities towards business and life integration, and a sense of freedom that will have others magnetized to what you are selling by the way you freshly and uniquely serve. It's happening on November 4th through the 6th, 2022 in Nashville, Tennessee, with a highlight VIP event on November 3rd. There are seats at the table for you, but they will go fast. It's a limited reservation. So get your tickets now at growforgod.com. Again, that's growforgod.com. I cannot wait to hug your neck. I cannot wait to see you there in person. I cannot wait for this energetic room to just light up the world because that's what we're going to do when we leave this conference. But you got to be in the room. IRL, let's go. Hey y'all, it's me again. Before you go, let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community. Whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually, I would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway. Snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts, and you can tag me and the guest, and we will surely feature you on our Instas. Hey, you may even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them. 
We're totally in this together and we appreciate the extra step taken. I would be so grateful if you even took the extra step. Come on, give me that extra sauce and leave a review on iTunes for the podcast listening app that is of your choice. I'm going to be featuring your thoughts, in fact, and this is going to be so fun in upcoming episodes. So you'll not only hear your name on the show, but maybe even your passion project or whatever big shout out you want me to make. So please, as a fellow writer, leave some words that I can attest to, and I can't wait to read what you have to say. Thanks again for being a loyal listener, and I hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting. And I say we because the Fit and Fake team could not do this without you. Until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. This is the Fit and Faith Way. What do you do when your world is falling apart? How do you march when it would be easier to stay where you are and die? Join me every week on the March or Die podcast, and we'll discuss that and so much more.